bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Adam Ainge, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello. Brian Brushwood. Hello. And Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello. Gentlemen, we got some stories here, some interesting topics to talk about. And one is kind of like watching the process of science in action. Mm-hmm. And recently a scientist announced that they think they may have found a, uh, a new species related to homo sapiens and they think that it's they found this i believe in a cave in uh israel which there's a lot of stuff in the mediterranean all around that area this was dated 140,000 to 120,000 years ago what's interesting is it's a it's a it's a part of a skull uh no chin um but I heard, saw this came out. I'm like, cool. And they're like, hey, we think we found something new. And, you know, we, this might be a new new species, whatever. There's a there's an exhibit at the Museum of the Rockies that uh, paleontologist Jack Horner put together, which is really good. And it's helpful when you think about these things. It shows you these very different dinosaurs, very different dinosaurs. One that looks like a complete like a dragon skull, looks completely like a dragon skull. The other one's like kind of like the dinosaur that's got like that bone dome head. And he explains it's the same animal. It's just the different stages. One's when it's a child, one when it's a teenage years, and one when it's fully grown. And for years, they thought they were different species. And sometimes we find different fragments. And this was brought up by a couple of people online. Like, how do we know this isn't like Denisovian? Because we found like teeth and some very small fragments of that. It could be a separate species for sure. But also, it might be the other part of something that we hadn't seen before. So... Is the pre- presumption that this is uh, uh, one of one of the things about uh, you hear from creationists is uh, uh, oh yeah well if we evolve from this this but how do you explain this gap and then you find something that is in that gap and they're <laughs> like well now there's two gaps to explain sir yeah. um, is, yeah. <laughs> is is this another gap between us and our most recent relatives? Um, I mean we don't know that it's it, the the problem is like. We got very fixated on that tree of like, then there's this branch, then there's this branch. Defining what's a separate species is more art than science, so to speak. You have to say it has a certain number of qualifying factors for it to be a separate one. And we're often just looking, and there's the morphology of looking at the bones, and then now we actually can use some DNA analysis in some cases. But it's really messy because you say you get a slight deviation there, but some of them still interbreeded with other people. And you're like, oh, well, is that a species that's different? Or are there three species or is it one that's got some variations? And so So, it gets complicated. I I guess at what, uh, 150,000 years or so ago was, uh, I I, I don't know my my tree of man very well, but but, but, uh, I I guess for some reason I was thinking that was more Homo erectus or Homo habilius or whatever, Um, uh, but, or, or, or Neanderthals. I mean, I, 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 well, yeah. Who else was around in, in this time is what I'm asking. So like Homo erectus, if you look at that, like we and Neanderthals and like Denzos, you'd probably be like an offshoot from there. Right. So you'd have like your, you go habless for further back, then you'd go like erectus and then you would get, then you would get like 
further on there. Like we would share an ancestor, us Denisovians and Neanderthals, you know, would probably have shared, you know, like, you know, Homo erectus ancestor. And you could see, so this is, and Brian, this is why it gets confusing. You know, Bryce pulled this, this graph up. Homo erectus lived 109, 1.9 million years ago, 1.9 million years ago, up to 110,000 years ago. This is a range over oh, a million wow. and a half years. Good Lord. And overlapping with Homo sapiens, with Homo, with, with Neanderthals, with Denisovians at the same time. And that's the crazy thing that we will hear all oh, the interbred, like, yeah, like, most of our history, for most of human history, there have been a bunch of other dudes walking around that were different species, different species, not races or ethnicities or religious groups or, you know, uh, guilds, uh, but literally different species. And sometimes we could, you know, a lot of them, though, we could interbreed with them. So, so we're looking Bryce at, is showing we're us looking at a graph. chart now that within the last million years, you had, uh, uh, it's hard for me to read that at this distance. About seven different species, Homo naledi, Hadelbergensis, Bergensis, yeah. sap, uh, Sapiens erectus, Neanderthalensis, uh, Florisensis, and Luzonensis. So, so seven if, different species in the past million years. Uh, if 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 this does prove to be another branch of the tree, then these are these are uh, another cousin that belongs with the uh, the six others that we eventually crushed. Yeah, and what we find in the case of. First, you know, oh, look at this Neanderthals. Oh, wither the Neanderthal. And then we genetic, we discovered genetic testing. Like, oh, yeah, if you've got European ancestors, you got Neanderthal in you. They didn't quite go away. And then we discovered a Denisovians, which is another group distinct from the Neanderthals that were pretty widespread and made their way through Asia. Like, oh, wither the Denisovians, those poor people. And then we look at DNA from people in parts of Asia. Oh, no. Yeah, no, their their grandchildren are here. And so, like, because it interbreeding, and so that's part of what happens is this assimilation. That's crazy. And so, so what, what is the next steps to figure out whether or not maybe we're just uh, 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 misclassifying what these artifacts are? So the researchers found this. They say, no, this is a distinct thing. We're calling this Dragon Man. And who wants to get rid of Dragon Man? Nobody. So other research, yeah, other researchers will look at this. They'll do comparisons. Uh you know, and we'll figure out like, you know, if what, you know, we'll figure out like uh, how much closer is this to other things? Is it closer to Denisovians? You know, what's it related to? And it might be a distinct, it might be just another, you know, we're finding it's way more messy than we realized. I mean, that's where my bet would be in general, right? <laughs> you know, the yeah. higher, the higher fidelity we understand life, the more complicated and messy it's going to be. And, you know, you think about, Prior to once you had things like shipping, once you had things like boat, you know, being able to transport by sea and be able to go very long distances, it was really hard for genes to go very far. And then, you know, you have this all of a sudden explosion and genes go very far. If you go to if you go to places like like, let's say, Shanghai, people there look a little bit more uh, like their like their genes came from. Start some some people there look at they have some genes that came from you know parts of Europe etc. You go to other ports and you see this sort of thing or communities like this. You know you look at America, which we're just all these different people coming from different places, and you see, you know, it's it's hard to sort of like you know define like 
Like Brian, are you like full up Irish? You German? What are you? Uh, I yeah, grew, I we've grew all up, been betting on it. I grew yeah. up being told that I was mostly English with a, a, a few extra spices on the side. But according to I finally did an ancestry dot com thing. Uh, I was much more Scandinavian than I was previously told. Um, uh, much less English than I was previously told. So really, it uh, I, I found out that I'm mostly one third. English, one third Irish, and one third Scandinavian, mm. give or take, with with a, with a little spice of um, uh, uh, like I don't know, like a five percent uh, uh, Italian in there somewhere. No, that's a good a meatball. Uh, that's uh, that's our phrase. Mm-hmm. That's one percent. Oh, let me show you. I can say I can actually Southern Italy is in my ancestry, so oh, okay. I can use that. Ah, Sorry, there we go. yeah, uh, I, I'm allowed. That's our phrase. I'm allowed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we turn on the Sicilian. <laughs> I'm allowed. Okay, so I I am allowed. Uh, that that's really like, like that's gonna be the thing. How dare you? Oh no, uh, today just got the new DNA test. I'm allowed. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I uh, did some mRNA and then I did a actually did a retroviral in fact, you know, did some, you know, Cas9 uh, transplanted. Some are are, 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 you, are you comfortable so- sharing what, what your heritage turned out to be? Oh, yeah, sure. Let me pull it up. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do we are we going to compare Neanderthal ratios to uh, I, I, I assumed I didn't have much. I didn't see. I, I should probably go back. That, that's one of the neat things is as they continue to make connections and, and, you know, on the one hand, the privacy person in me is horrified that, that some corporation is collecting everybody's backlogs and oh, they what will tell you but 23 and me and ancestry will tell you. And I've actually had conversations with people that work there that uh, they are meticulous about not turning over any records, uh, even when compelled by law enforcement or government. Uh, now, unless are, you're the Golden State Killer. There are other sites. No, 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 no. <laughs> Golden State Killer got popped because once you have your information from Ancestry or 23andMe, there are other sites that can then also do for free mm-hmm. uh, other filling in of public records. And that's where the Golden State Killer got popped. Ah, I see. So it was it was another site on top of the information that you already like. Yeah. It, it did twenty four in me, and that's really you where you do. Stop. Yeah, anywhere anywhere over twenty three. Twenty three is the right number. And, you need, uh, you are usually. you are got you've gotten got. But uh, uh, yeah, though that's that's where the Golden State Killer wound up screwing up. He wanted he wanted just that much more, and law enforcement was like in your face. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> So I have a not share of mine. Um, uh, 99.8% Northern Northwestern European. So mm-hmm. uh, there you go at that. Uh, I am uh, 66.3% British and Irish, 25.4% Scandinavian, 2.9% uh, French and German. Uh, and it changed, by the way. My mother's the one at the Italian. It's no longer there. I don't have it. I apologize profusely. Uh, I apologize. What? I apologize okay. profusely for that. Wow. So but, even DNA changes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, 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 well, and I was Ashkenazi. I was like 0.2% Ashkenazi Jewish for a while. Then it got taken away from me. And I, mm. I you know, huh. I am now. You ready for this? Go. Bump, bump, bump. 0.2% Peninsular Arab. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I knew it. Ah. I knew it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, we're going to be some changes here. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't know. Uh, that's far enough. That's, <laughs> <Mr>. <laughs> so 
Interesting. But that's a funny thing because like it will as they get better because like they looking you know they're looking at uh, they look for mutations that are common within certain groups and they think we think this mutation started here then you trace it back further find out like no that's actually common the haploid groups what they're called and then you find out oh it might be somewhere else so for some time you might be like oh I'm part this and then ah oh, you took it away I was I already. <laughs> I already bought the clothing. <laughs> Do you feel like, uh, 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 Justin, have you done one of these also? I mean, I don't, we don't need the results, but because uh, uh, I have my, not. My, my wife did. Yeah, but I don't have I don't have the results, Andy. So so my question to Brian and Andrew is like uh, post receiving those results, have they have has it impacted your life in any way? Like uh, may, maybe this is not even really a weird thing. I, 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 I've, I've been working I know you've on brought it up. Irish accent. Uh, no. That's about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, I, no, it it it's um uh, I don't know it's satisfying, but I mean here's the problem is it's familiar in that, uh, Brian at age ten. Where did I come from, mom and dad? Here's a definitive answer. Cool. Don't think about it for ten years, yeah. twenty years. Uh, Ancestry.com. Where did I come from? Here's a definitive answer. Cool. Don't think about it. Five years later. Also, all those are changing. We're learning. It's an emerging science. Mm. Cool. cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's really all I got, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I'm not a, as we've talked about before, I'm not a huge fan of tribalism in general. I, I prefer most people to think about the fact that we're all humans or at least all inhabitants, conscious inhabitants of planet Earth. And, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't worry too much about it. Yeah, it didn't. The thing that that was a kind of effect is my mother was adopted, so yeah. half of half of my family tree we kind of had a pretty you know, we have pretty meticulous about certain details, so it wasn't a big surprise. But that was on my mother's side was to figure out like, oh, what are we there? Man, pretty much the same thing on the other side. So uh, boring. Um, <laughs> do you have a? Do you have your Neanderthal percentage? Uh, I'm trying to look it up. Uh, unfortunately. Um... Uh, the uh, they'll, t- uh, they'll actually tell you the percentage of like Neanderthal. Neanderthal, yeah. Oh. I, I, unfortunately, I, I'm de- <laughs> I can very easily tell you how much of Bonnie is Neanderthal <laughs> because <laughs> that's what account happens to be logged in. Uh. Uh, <laughs> which, which uh, so so give give me a second to see if I can find my login and I'll and I'll and I'll be happy to to Justin. Let you know, we're gonna take bets. I'm gonna say one percent. Wait, that Brian is one percent. Is one percent Neanderthal? Wait, no. Are we betting? Because Andrew, do you know yours? I guess I we do. I don't know where it went here. I guess okay. we don't know a so scale. Wait, no. So but... let's just go either Brian or Andrew. Who's more oh, Neanderthal? Who's got more Neanderthal? Ooh, uh, that's who's tough. You've, the thaw, you've the known them longer than rating. me. Uh, I I bet. Ooh, I I think I'm gonna say Brian. Oh, I think really? it might be Brian. I'll, oh, I'll take Andrew. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There we go. For 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 muscular bone structure reasons that are almost <laughs> Jimmy the Greek level offensive, uh, I will I will take Andrew. All right, listeners yeah, at I'm, home, register I'm, your register I'm your have to vote do a now. Full uh, password reset right here, real, but, but uh, wow. I suspect it'll be worth it. We'll okay. see. Uh, yeah, listeners at home, uh, uh, register your vote on. Dun dun dun. The yeah, because Maine Maine's got kind of a loping walk. Like he's 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 got a very like uh uh he's got a gait that that mm. the more I've I've been around humans, I'm like, mm, maybe not one of us. Maybe he's carrying <laughs> he's carrying the mother. I, I heard of at one point, yeah, there was sort of a ridiculous. Uh, I I'm certain it 
was not very scientific, but uh, based on um, uh, uh, descriptions in books, somebody was asked, they hired a voice actor to recreate what a Neanderthal would sound like. Mm -hmm. And it was just an annoying, nasally, screechy, I'm a Neanderthal. <laughs> and I was like, I'm almost certain this can't be right. Yeah. Later on, read that no, it was indeed not correct. <laughs> I have mine. I have mine in front of me, so I'll wait for Brian. And uh, we'll do. Okay. So yeah, I may take a, a second here, but let me let me. Oh, yeah. there we go. Reset so. my password. There we go. Okay. Well, here, uh, uh, Andrew, why don't we have you reveal yours, and then and and then uh, Brian will reveal his, and ah. this will be our grand weird things Neanderthal face off. It's uh, it's uh, uh it's the speciesist contest we've ever had. All right. So, uh, Andrew, your Neanderthal percentage is what? My Neanderthal percentage is 2%. I have more Neanderthal DNA than 55% of other oh, customers. Wow. Right. That's wow. Totally nailed it. I'm feeling <laughs> extraordinarily uh, uh, sure mm -hmm. of it because out of, uh, out of 2,872 variants, I have 280 variants from so, Neanderthals. So that's kind of middle of the road. You're, you're an average, I mean, they say 55%. So you're, you're, you're kind of close to that median there of, um, of, of percentage. I don't know. You yeah, still I mean, I'm saying uh, one, like that's, but that's one, everybody on the planet, Bryce. Well, All no, their customers. Everybody, everybody, remember also, it's like, yeah, if your ancestors left Africa, you got Neanderthal in you. If they stayed there, mm. then you stayed pure, and pure. you yeah. didn't get you know diluted. Okay, man, this is a conversation as scientific as it is dangerous. <laughs> okay, it? here uh, we go. Uh, uh, all right, uh, all right. I'm, here I'm, we go. I'm Brian. at least logged in. So hold on, wait a minute. We we're at two percent. Two percent for Andrew. Two percent uh, uh, for. Andrew, Brian, where, now where, our big where do reveal. I want to go to what under the DNA tab here? Is that where I want to look? It it tells me, by the way, there's genetic. Yeah, if you go into like the bigger ancestry report, DNA um, results so, so, uh, story. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Uh, there's six, an unga bunga tab. 61% <laughs> England and Northwestern Europe, 17% okay. uh, Germanic Europe, four other reason, uh, regions. Um, no, that's not what we want. We don't care about these these modern yeah. these constructs we want this we want we want the the real the real juice if you real, click click ooh, on that tab sauce. down here brian okay. uh oh no he's on sorry, he's on the yeah. desktop he's on yeah he's on the he's on, on a, a mobile web on a laptop situation so they they actually mention what those traits are associated with the, the by the way with uh, uh neanderthal what or? those genes mean oh okay uh okay well um Sure. Would you like to hear what those traits I inherited mean, though? The significance yes. to them? Yes. Okay. Uh, RS1309709, that one. Uh, trait, fear of heights. Oh. What? Okay. And now, would you say well, that that is an accurate that? trait? I would. I, I like to climb trees and stuff, but I would say that I've had nightmares about heights. Oh. RS1566479, uh. also fear of heights. Ah, ooh. But then RS1364405, which we know why this is all BS, uh, says... Uh, Fear of the ground. No, sense of direction. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so, so your ancestors, Andrew, were ground-based and also did not really know where they were going. Okay. Or no, they they did know where they were going. You're... They, mm, 
I I have a maybe a sweat during a workout. Yes. <laughs> I think people just do I don't that. I know where to that. go to find out how Neanderthal I am, <laughs> and there there doesn't. I mean, I, I, I'm gonna type in the word, search all collections. Um, You're, which site are you on? Ancestry.com. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know how to do yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, you guys used competing service. Ah, oh. so it Detroit might be that, that they don't do that. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, cool. Here, you guys uh, do the Patreon plug. Maybe I'll find Oh, that. hey, man. Patreon.com slash weird things is where you go if you want to support this show. Uh, if you head over there right now, we'll be waiting for you. Well, at least mm-hmm. pictures of us will be, and we'll be Open staring arms. right into your soul, which is definitely a real thing you can find out on Ancestry.com or uh, 23andMe. What you want to do is give us money, uh, because money makes the world go round and this podcast happens. So if you go to Patreon.com slash Weird Things, not only will you get the satisfaction of supporting a show that you really that you really like, but also... You are going to get uh you're you're gonna get the the after, after things, things podcast, podcast before anybody else. So why don't you head on over there right now? Patreon.com slash weird uh, things. Weird things. Frequently asked questions. Does the ancestry DNA test show Neanderthal? The answer is no. Mm. Andrew wins. Andrew, that means the, yeah, I guess I Andrew win. wins. I'll collect my fifty dollars, Bryce. Uh thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I'm this off. Uh, okay. Well, there we go. Well, I feel like I just bared something, and then you <laughs> guys I, I, just like, wow. I could, I would. I, 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 and blame ancestry. I'll show you mine, world. If they'll show theirs. Uh, now yeah. I'm gonna be judged differently. Being a Neanderthal, I always being Arab. That. I, that I feel was an like easy one. Yeah. yeah sloping criminal brow uh gentlemen yeah um i i'm very proud of this country because they've made it into the headlines for weird things for a while back and i would say they took felt like they took kind of a back seat for over a decade okay but they're doing they're doing weird and cool stuff again i'm talking about japan oh wow oh okay Japan's getting weird with it now. 2021, uh, Japan's getting weird yeah, with it. Yeah, uh, about to have the eyes of the world descend upon it for the uh, for the Tokyo Olympic Games. Yeah, but anyhow, let's talk about something that's interesting. So, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just finished Olympics this year. It just feels like like it's it uh, weird. Let's have like a back to school party on the second day. Like ah, we're like kind of just here, it's just adjusting. Then mm-hmm. we're going to go do this. But also trying oh, to be but... peak human physical specimens at the same time. It's really it's really <laughs> yeah. a mental uh, uh, event this year more than a physical one. Yeah, we're going to find some either pe- people spend a lot of time training or a lot of time Netflix and chilling. <laughs> yeah. Well, or, wouldn't it be or, great or, if our or, numbers or... were just like the worst ever? <laughs> like like <laughs> if it was just like, eh, I mean, hilarious uh, for us, terrible for the athletes. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, copyright is interesting. Japan has some interesting copyright law because Japan is, you know, like the United States, is a company country that makes a tremendous amount of copyrighted material, exports it to parts of the world, and so their laws can be um, more severe than other places. They recently arrested three people for uploading 
you, Bryce, you heard about this? I have not. I know that Japan does have very strict online piracy laws because it used to be much easier for me to get all the little J-pop music that I listened to in high school. And now it is very, very difficult. So we're going to guess they were uploading to YouTube. What were they uploading? Pictures of Bryce. Oh, oh the goodness. Famous, ding, ding, ding. The famous the right. <laughs> It is the newest passion of Nihon pictures of Bryce Castillo. <laughs> uh, well, so, so the obvious selections are music and movies. Um, he said to YouTube, right? Yep, YouTube. Would it be some kind of like live performance? Because here in America, there's an expectation that, like, if you're doing a thing and somebody grabs a photo of it, then That's, you, you yeah. own that copyright. Right. We don't have, like, a big concert DVD uh, sector yeah. or even industry here in America versus Japan where it's very systematized. Um, so so I'm going to say personal cell phone videos of a live event. Ah, uh, okay. I'm going to okay. say something video game related because, mm. uh, you know, a lot of the big uh, uh, companies are either, you know, have gigantic uh, uh, bases in Japan or, uh, uh, you know, are based in Japan themselves. And also streaming culture is very big over there. So and, and it's a lot easier to get your hooks into some of the government element. So that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, we we know Nintendo is very. I mean, for years Nintendo's had intensely litigious, and, very strong. And they, and they do stuff at home policies. before they start trying to bring it over here. Yeah, um, that's that's a good guess. Um, I would say if I hadn't already looked this up uh, just a minute ago and seen, I would have guessed something Neanderthal DNA <laughs> reports. I would have guessed something breaking out of the video medium. So maybe like people are putting like manga pages as like frames in a video. And then you scut through the video and you watch, maybe you watch the comic book in that way. Interesting. Uh, I never would have guessed this at all. Fast movies. Sorry? Oh, those, Andrew. Fast movies. Of course. Oh, we are so stupid. Oh, we're so dumb. My oh, God. Stop bidding yourselves, guys. What uh, an ingenious concept. So they upload <laughs> super fast versions of movies now that YouTube has built in slow motion things so you can upload a full movie. Oh, is that what it is? And no, then slow it no, down? No, 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 no. no. no? I, it looks no, like they're highly no. edited. Oh, they're edited. Yeah, clips yes. and still images to provide brief summaries of movies and are edited without the permission of the copyright holders. Yeah, th uh, there wow. was here in America around the year 2000, I want to say one of the mid-tier mid cable television uh, channels like TNT or whatever, they, they, they would do, um, uh, I think they called it 30-minute movies where they would yes. buy the license yeah. and then they just chop it on down like just the good stuff. Here's, here's all of Die Hard in 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty much it, right? And and I so was I, I, did I, here. I, I, and and I remember thinking, number one, that's genius. Number two, that's got to be really expensive to pay for the whole license and then cut out two thirds of it and then jump yeah. it down to thirty minutes. To not, yeah, that seems an odd play for a television network that is dependent on advertising. And so theoretically, you want the entire movie so you could sell more advertising, right? It, but, but instead, you only get one third of the length of the movie. Hmm. Well, okay. uh, sometimes. 
you maybe like you get them a catalog or what the movies were and it's just it's like look at mystery science theater yeah you know the the the, the prices on the movies that might have been the situation where yeah you got it cheaper yeah. if you if you represented it in one way or another wow so uh, uh but yeah they edited them down to 10 minutes and and i'm like well I mean, that, that, I'd be curious to see, like, in Japan, that's now a criminal offense. Wow. Um, we're here. That would be, like, civil. And it'd be curious to see what would happen because that's a very, um, I, I depend on copyright for my livelihood. But I also understand there's such thing as derivative and transformative and other sorts of doing works and stuff. So I'd be very curious to see. They're, like, video crews filming these guys after they've been arrested. Like, they've been count like. Perp like this, yeah, dude, with his head down, whatever. Oh, what did you do? Well, so, you know, I took my neighbor Totoro and edited down to the ten minutes of the best part. Then what'd you do? What put on YouTube? Then what? YouTube no, that, that was it. Got all those okay, thumbs up. So, question: Where might the line be considered? And I'm not saying I have a take on this one way or the other, but I know for a fact that on Red Letter Media. They'll do uh, 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 rewatch videos uh, or rewind or uh, review 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 where yeah. uh, they will be ninety minute long breakdowns and pretty much it's just them describing the entire movie as they saw it and what they thought of various parts of it and then they'll show a clip here a clip there a clip there um, would would this eventually theoretically like like uh, like let's say the new Godzilla movie comes out. And then, and then I press record and for the exact total runtime, only describe in vivid detail, maybe showing a photo here or there of these actual scenes, what the movie was like. Would that be crossing the line? Would that be, would, no, I, would, would I, I be getting a well, football? And are we talking about a moral or a legal line or legal? I mean, let, let, yeah, we're, we're focusing it, it, on legality here. One, it is hard to predict how things we interpreted, so that we'll put that out there. Like we could say, "Oh yeah, this makes sense," and we find it clearly transformative. You you are describing your experience. You are describing what you thought of this. You are describing the movie. You are not taking literally the movie itself. And and I would say I would say that were this to take place in the United States, these people may have an argument that this was transformative because yeah. they made it ten minutes. They didn't. It's not the full thing. But then the argument, I think, well, there's no commentary to it. It's no this, but. How is that different than somebody making a fan, taking a movie and making a fan trailer that's two minutes? What's that limit? When does it become? Yeah. Oh, you know, totally. I think I think that they're, you know, a, a clever lawyer would say that the transformational element of it was what they decided to cut, what they felt was, uh, uh, you know, the, the core story and and what was superfluous. Uh yeah, I obviously look, uh, uh, Japan's got their own uh, way that they look at those kinds of copyright things, but I do find fascinating what we would hold the line on in terms of uh, uh, what is legally actionable. In fact, I'm kind of surprised. I'm sure these things, these, these kinds of folks do exist, but uh, literally just having, there have been movies or, or uh, you know, I guess in the nerd genre for which I would... I like it when the conversation about the movie is almost about the length of the movie, if not longer. Right. Like I, I was excited for red letter media to talk about, uh, of uh, the rise of Skywalker because I, I enjoyed that as much, if not more than watching the movie itself, because I didn't like it. And I knew that they would skewer it, uh, expertly. Uh, but I, I do wonder 
whether or not there is just a a spot for somebody who's not even reviewing it, who's literally just saying, okay, so we open on Hawkeye's ranch and he's there with his family. And then next thing you know, he comes back and his family's not there. That pretty much brings us to the opening credits and literally just tells a story like he was at a bar of uh, of of a movie that is that is a fascinating concept. This is uh, dangerously close to uh, home, <laughs> considering the uh, podcast project that we just put out, <laughs> where it's it's meant to capture the voice of somebody sitting at the end of the bar, accurately telling. <laughs> but you're telling a real life. You're telling a, a story that a, a nonfiction story. I I almost wonder if what you did. If in the scenario where you took 90 minutes to describe a movie yeah. as it was playing out in more or less real time, I do think you probably wouldn't get hit on like uh, fair use or, or what have you. You'd probably, if it was like a target, you you would probably have a target on your back for, uh, I, I don't know, story or or like well, actual thematic elements being lifted and, and, and stolen. But then you kind of get into... Um, you know, you get into Hollywood and all the way that you know, you know, story I'll, and scripts are handled there. I'll tell you what, for, for a while, this was a very respectable trade in the blogging world. Like television recappers were a massive part of the late aughts and early, early tens. I like, guess blog culture was really big, but like television without pity, a lot of like big writers that are like big media writers now got their start writing recaps for shows that were basically what I just described. Just, just walking through, like, here's what happened on lost like uh, you know, maybe some snark here and again if there was some element that the, a fan community was into or not into, but it was basically just recapping things. And uh, uh, I, I do remember even then, uh, television creators having a bit of a mixed mind of like, all right, is this a reason why people won't watch the show, or is this? indulging only the most hardcore fan that not only wants to watch the show, they then also want to read about it the, the, the day after, or they want to read about it and then know which episode they want to watch. Yeah. And I think too, like you look at when Disney was putting out star Wars films and some of the other Marvel stuff, they produce a lot of their own recap content now too. Like they have like a, a series that's goes into the history of like different Marvel characters. So like, this is like, oh, I want to watch this. Well, who's Vision? Oh, okay, watch this six-minute video now you know or recap that stuff. I I think it's a delightly – I think it's a fascinating form. Like, and I could think, like, man, I mean, there's movies I'd love. It might be fun to watch like a 10 or 15-minute fast version of it too. Yeah. Because it, if you've seen it, then the nostalgia triggers work and it'll play differently. So uh, I'm curious to see where this goes in Japan. Curious to see what happens. But uh, – uh, to dial back to the <laughs> the real novel part, criminal, huh? Not not a civil penalty, a criminal crime. Straight to jail, Brian. Straight to jail. Those Japanese man, they they don't uh, fart around when it comes to throwing people in jail. Yeah, they're. Uh, we'll see what happens, but like, yeah, that's a. It's here. Like you, I could see that causing a bit of an outrage. Um. And it happened in the Miyagi prefecture, by the way. Mm, crazy. First time these kinds of arrests have happened in Japan. But apparently back in 2012, they uh, made some, you know, made them into more, you know, I mean, we have, you know, you can, if you're doing distribution stuff here too, that can be criminal. But the idea of to do something that's, tr you know, obviously transformative, but again, maybe not enough. I don't know.
Um, seems kind of harsh. The films edited I Am a Hero, owned by Toho, and Cold Fish. Mm. Any, 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 any fans here? Uh, of Cold Fish? Yeah, prequel uh. to Big Fish. Mm. They eventually mm. splintered off and became Cold Play. <laughs> it's all true, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That's why you come here for facts. That joke was so, Bad Fish, the band. You know, uh, with a PH. You <laughs> <laughs> feel like, man, I'm happy to do the show, but I'm, I'm wearing a hat because I didn't want to comb my hair. And uh, sometimes I'm like, ah, I don't want to turn on the lighting. Do I want to have to, like, I don't know, like groom, take care of myself? <laughs> Maybe I just want to lay in bed like, you know, some fat vampire from Blade and just, you know, spend the rest of my time there. What I'm trying to say is, <laughs> what? What? Don't judge me. I'm getting these looks from these people. Of like, like It's just a very languid description. It just, uh, it just feels very lived in is all I'm saying. Already one of the <laughs> easiest jobs on the planet. Uh, <laughs> it could be easier. We are getting a description that is accurate down to every speck of Cheeto in your chest hair. <laughs> What I'm, what I'm saying, uh, before all this judging took place, all of this lifestyle shaming happened. Who, who said the is, fat vampires from Blade? Who said that one? That was, that were there fat vampires? Vampire. Oh, yeah. Where, no, okay. there's that one really fat one that was just eating Pearl. all the blood. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they rules. just torture it with like using the ultraviolet like yeah. take that harvey weinstein like it's, just, it's it's hilarious but it's cruel it's very very cruel <laughs> go pull that up bryce pull that up <laughs> i don't want to get thrown into japanese jail yeah. for sure <laughs> it's, it's a, your punishment let the punishment fit the crime feed him yeah. blood begin the oh. uv lights <laughs> I, 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 i'm a podcaster I get out of bed. <laughs> i'm just saying all right uh, uh, fine yeah i'm getting to the story here yeah <laughs> yes I sent Bryce the link, and mm -hmm. uh, there's some new research. Basically, one shot free view and neural talking head synthesis for video conferencing. Um, one shot basically means that it doesn't, it's a pre trained network or whatever, and you just give it one example of like a, somebody moving or whatever. And what we're looking at is basically you're giving it like a photo or just like a couple photos of a person's face, and it's able to map that onto or adjust in real time and create a synthetic talking head. So they're showing like uh, the original footage. He's talking kind of at a at a at a side angle, but they can actually change the. You can see you can actually have pitch yaw and roll controls and rotate the head, looking a little more straight on, uh, versus the kind of three quarters angle it begins with. Wow, that's pretty crazy. And so this would be like a plug-in for a Zoom or a Skype or something. I, I I think eventually it'd get there in the short term. It seems like this would be very, very useful for VR ramifications where it's just like, take some photos and then, you know, give, give us a decent look at your face and we'll just map it on there. Fine. For telepresence. 
Yeah, uh, the the ones that are described in this model here are the these ones here on the end, um, and they're they're showing kind of a couple of different styles uh, that I guess are like um, GAN based because you know some of these look like the uh, you know this person does not exist sort of effect. Right. Yeah. Um, but I I think it's it, it looks really fascinating. They can even do it with um, I guess they can change the body, um, so they're kind of seeing showing. Uh, uh, a fella whose actions get mapped onto a, a female uh, 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 avatar. Avatar, yeah. And what it so it gets what gets really interesting is so you're able to just it kind of real time kind of is able to synthesize this you know basically look at the image whatever and create this version of the person that looks pretty realistic and can change the angle. Also for compression, they have an example in there where they show you how they're using this method of being able to synthesize what your head or position without changing the position, but comparing how good this is at compressing the talking head down. Oh, that's interesting. So instead of having video compression, you would give it some amount of video data or image data and have the computer unpack that and generate the image rather than Mm -hmm. generate so, from so compressing video. Wow. This this could be all client-side stuff. So imagine yeah. CNN has whatever expensive servers there are, and they're all like, just send us four headshots and don't even you know, show up in your PJs. You'll look great, Mr. President. And then, and sure enough, he does. And based on, on this uh, this display that we're looking at, their version of, of doing this versus H.264, which is a very common video uh, compression, uh, the H.264 is almost five times um, as big as using their uh, self-built decompression stuff, which is a lot. I mean, that's a significant amount of bandwidth. I mean, when, you know, when we talk about like when the beginning of the pandemic happened and the Internet kept going down, it's because everybody was video calling. Now, if you shrunk that to, you know, one fifth of the size, suddenly suddenly you open up a lot of bandwidth options. I mean, imagine if Netflix was using this to just... Hey, generate your stream, and it will cost us a lot less. It will cost a lot less bandwidth. We know Netflix is the biggest user of bandwidth on the planet right now, more or less. Um, it's fascinating. Yeah, the challenge the challenge would get in like this is really good for like because they, they use this technique can do three things. It can one is it can lower the bandwidth cost because it just it takes like ten percent of the data. They can change the rotation. They can also transfer, so you could put your face on somebody else's face. Um, the odd to Bryce, your point, you could certainly use it for that. And there are algorithms that you can do that with. The problem is, is that when it really starts to make up stuff and that's where you're going to get kind of people complaining about the fact that like, oh, this background is a different background than what I saw or this or that. And so, but there are algorithms that can be, mm -hmm. do a pretty good job of that, but it is, it is, that'll get into you know, like this is a technique where it's kind of like, oh, does it look like me? Is it acting like me? Is it seem pretty good? Sure. But, you know, when Christopher Nolan looks at this, like, no, that smoke trail went the other way. Yeah. This is crap. Yeah. But I will I'm, say we have bits where we're accept where we're accepting this. Um, I believe it's uh, mm. DLSS. Is that right? No, that can't be it. Um, in, in gaming, there's a, an, a, an RTX technology. I think it's RTX where mm. you can say, hey, I'm going to play this video game. I'm going to render it at 1080p resolution and this technology can can upsample that much like we've seen with like you know um taking a photo and generating new sharper details to it they do that in real time with gaming so you could say hey i'm rendering a 1080p image but now the graphics card is going to up this to a 4k image or mm -hmm. to whatever uh, whatever output you'd like and it's it is 
create it's painting new pixels. I mean, it's 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 creating detail that is not there, but it also is means that resolutions can go way up relatively easily. Yep, yep, yep. I, I think that yeah, I think gaming's obviously a big place for this too. And, and I'm not saying that you know we're gonna we're gonna see you know these ML algorithms more and more with video too. Um, it's just you're gonna get, and that's I think we're gonna see a discussion about like. Oh, I compare. I compared the still of this, you know, version of you know Army of the Dead to this Army of the Dead, and you ruined it. Uh, picks. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, I I'm gonna give a qualified pick. Oh. Uh, in that in that I don't know what everyone else's experience is gonna be like, but I went in with no expectations and no idea what I was about to watch. So if you can do that. I had a very, very good time watching The Tomorrow War uh, with Chris Pratt. That's a Amazon Prime original. Um, it, it was um, I, I, I enjoyed it mainly for the surprises, and I, 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 I'm so thankful that I hadn't seen a single trailer or had even the slightest idea what it was about. And that's a that was a rare gift, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, I've heard. I I have heard good and bad things about it, and I I also haven't watched a trailer, and I'm trying not to let um let those opinions just you know taint my uh, how I will perceive it. But um but it is a weird thing because it's I'm I'm seeing a lot of both. I'm seeing this is kind of just a dumb version of another movie, or this is actually just like a fun time. So uh, I I, th- I think in a parallel universe where there was enough billboards, enough Super Bowl ads, enough hype before it that that there was a general sketch of what you're walking into, then yes, I think I I mm. might have paid twenty dollars to watch this movie and then hated it in the theater. But thankfully, we live in this timeline where I knew nothing about it. And I was like, are they really going to? Oh, my God, they are. I was like, is this? Wait, are they doing the? <laughs> well, I'll be, you know, and. Uh, and oh, that's fun. And, and I enjoyed it very, very much. Um, uh, J.K. Simmons is in it. Uh, you got. Uh, oh, um, uh, Mary Lynn Rathscub is in it. Uh, Chris Pratt, of course. Uh, it's uh, I, I liked it quite a bit. It's very funny. You're listing off names. And the, the one name that I know is in it is. Mike Mitchell, who's one of the Doughboys podcast guys. Oh no, that's, that's all. The, that's all the people that, that, in the opinions that I've heard. I bet Mike. I bet Mitchell earned like a good bit of money on that. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, from what I understand, they spent like two hundred million dollars on it, and it was intended for theaters. And uh, instead, it gets to be a surprise on, on your Amazon feed. But but only watch it if it's going to be a surprise. Uh, I, I caught up with the first two episodes of the most recent season of Rick and Morty. Uh, I love them. They're great. <laughs> uh, I like, uh, uh, both of the episodes. I, I, I feel like maybe one of the renewed things that they wanted to do in this season was really kind of double down on the, uh, uh, sci-fi element like make their make their sci-fi plots a little more muscular and a little less reverential like even when the show uh, last season i think it had a tendency to kind of slip a little bit too far into the world of like look at us we're writing a show and every once in a while we're going to point out that we're writing a show where we're going to talk about writing or blah mm-hmm. blah blah this uh is is a lot more uh, at least in the first two episodes that I saw, things were about the premise and the plot 
and then the like fun writery asides were kind of on you know they were the 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 spice and not the meat uh that's a metaphor I loved, oh, thank you. I get it. Uh, I loved the first two a lot. Like, I thought they were just great like this. The the third one, I'll be curious to hear your, to me, it seemed like it's the one they, the, the producers really loved, but I'm like, man, I wish I'd been in the room when this was discussed and all the different ways that you're going to tell the story and all this, because when you watch the behind the scenes and they're talking about how emotional they're over that, I'm like, I wish I felt that. Yeah. But first two I loved. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah, no, those the, the the first two uh just great. Just great. Always ahead of you. Always uh 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 got something else. Another door to open. And uh uh that I think is is what Rick and Morty can do maybe more than any cartoon ever. Is stay ahead of the audience like that in 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 a world where anything can happen literally and and the characters can live and die and and move on and grow you know within this kind of uh, a multiverse uh, uh setting nice uh i got a pick um I, I, this is this is let's say eight tenths of a pick mm. let's say eight tenths of a pick I, this was cute i thought it was fun i had a lot of like there was a lot of funny moments i laughed quite a lot at this especially in the first half uh, it is the new Disney Plus Pixar film Luca. I finally I finally watched it yesterday. Thought it was very cute and very fun. And you kind of uh, Brian, tell me if this tracks. You kind of have to suspend a lot of disbelief at the end of this movie. Oh yeah. Uh, There's a lot about this movie that, if you've even heard of ET, doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's firmly rooted in a fairy tale of a story, and yeah. um, despite its real world um, echoes of the way we interact with each other, um, I'll tell you what, man. Thanks, Pixar. It turns out you can make a movie that doesn't remind me that we're all going to die in the first act. Sure, uh, that was fun. Yeah, like I, I, I <laughs> laughed until I cried. The point is, I cried because I was laughing so hard, uh, not not because I was despairing over you know how awful the world is. Sure, I just how long is this movie? Is this a, so oh, this is it's, it's this like is ninety five minutes, twenty four. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, ridiculous. it is a it is a short uh, experience, and I know that Highly in a different in a different world, if this was a two hour movie, you could have really packed in some really interesting conceptual questions about. Uh, it's basically about these two fish boys who go onto land and they're trying to stay on land and their parents want them back. Um, and uh, there's a lot of really interesting questions that, that they just don't even engage with. That would be really fascinating. Well, I would love to watch. I would love to read the book of Luca because there are uh, there. They just walked by really what I thought were obvious plot conflicts um, that just kind of get yeah, smoothed I was, over. I was just having too much fun. And it is one of those where, um, it's a general feel-good message about yeah. acceptance and about not needing to hide your true nature and stuff, which you can map onto any number of you know social issues depending on what lens you want to view it through. Uh, but which was it, very weird because I also no thought it worked point. against that in the ending. But uh, uh, oh, that's interesting. Uh, we could uh, we'll talk about this because okay. okay. this is not interesting Deep to people. Dive. Yeah. Recap, Luca, <laughs> scene by scene. Do Release the Bryce <laughs> It's on Disney I, Plus. It's pretty. It's cute. I've. I I'm so behind 
in Pixar movies because I feel like they kind of make one kind of movie now. And like the, the age at which you could get a Finding Nemo, Incredibles, and Cars, you know, with very, very different kinds of things. Yeah. Seems mm-hmm. like it's gone. And it's the same character design, even Onward, which is, you know, that could have been this really, Onward I, was fine. Onward is enjoyable. Yeah. But like even when you could do these, really, they just, it's like, is it, is it just that they only see people one way and they only want one kind of story now? Like, I just feel like Pixar is just not very experimental now. It, they do they do a great product, but it's just... I feel like, like they Brian became said, a like, brand. Mm-hmm. And, and the... the they, they they know I, how to this, bottle. I'll, I'll that tell you. I'll tell you this much. I loved it much cult. more than Soul. Uh, yeah. Soul got heavy without justifying it to me. Um, I completely Luca, forgot about Soul. Exactly. That's, I mean, uh, Luke, Soul, but I like Soul. I really Soul. did like Soul a lot. Was, was fun and a joy from beginning to end. I, I it's it's simple. Yeah. I I loved it. Yeah, it, like, I, 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 I couldn't help watching Luca and, you know, the soul also came direct to Disney Plus uh, onward was like right on the cusp of COVID. So they brought that to, to Disney Plus almost immediately. And you kind of get the sense that um, maybe creatively they're not really pushing the bounds as much. But in terms of like the business that they're doing, which is, hey, when when kids like a movie, when you give kids a good movie, they will stick with it forever. I mean, you look at. Nightmare Before Christmas and how that's still a thing. It, the TV, Nickelodeon, all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but that's, like if that, you that, if you get it in front of the kids sauce, now, their secret sauce used to be mm-hmm. let's make a great movie and these kids stick with it forever. And now it's that they make a Pixar movie, which is not they make a very good movie now, well, yeah, but they make bad. a lot of it's them. Just, I think it's like eventually they figured out all right, what is the DNA between Incredibles and cars and finding Nemo and toy story and all these things. And now I just kind of feel like they just sort of make that and they just sort of wrap that story in whatever wrapping they want to do. And now there's a dinosaur and now there's a dead blues musician. And now there's uh, fish Italians. Uh, uh, like, well, I, let's, let's go. I think, I think, it almost works in their favor if this is a long-term play, right? If you, I look at Luca or even Soul or even Onward, which are like these fascinating settings that really don't, they only have one story and only really look at one path through that world. When they're fa- fascinating, like Onward is beautiful. The idea of like, let's mix modern technology and also fantasy stuff. Like there's so many things you can do there and that's just one story. And so if this, if the content becomes a little uh, more disposable and it becomes a little more franchisable, I see where that that works out in the big D's category. I... But. I a story I remember was Bob Iger talked about when he decided to make the deal with Steve Jobs to acquire Pixar for Disney. And he talked about how they had a parade at Disney and he looked at all of the Pixar characters and they were all the favorites. The Pixar characters, you know, the Buzz Lightyear, Incredible, those are the ones that the audience was excited to see. And he's like, we need to buy Pixar because we don't really have that. We, we're not creating new stuff. I challenge you to look at the last 10 years of Pixar and to see who you're going to put into a parade that's going to elicit that much excitement. And I don't think it's there. I don't, I don't think like, but you know, I don't even know when that came out. Was Ratatouille before 10 years? Almost I think certainly, so. I believe. Uh, yeah, but, uh, Oh wait, 
Oh, what's funny is I was about to say Baymax from Big Hero 6, but I realized that's a that's Disney, Disney, not a Disney Pixar. One, yeah. So that would be everything. <laughs> that would basically be Toy Story 3, Brave, Inside Out, Coco, Toy Story 4, Soul, um, the Monsters sequel, I believe, is Coco in that would be, Coco would be the only thing new that I would say comes close, and even then, that's I love Coco. And that, Coco's I, great. I Coco. Coco makes me cry. I I I I love Coco, but I don't know how how the, how much the kids are into Coco though. Yeah, I guess, and and these are all they're all good movies, but like they're all it's like they all focused on one kind of thing, which is I think. Uh, and you look at like what they do too is like, you know, part of the reason we get a, you look at some of the box office receipts is they're all over the place. Onward was a big miss for them. And I liked, I enjoyed Onward, but it was still, that got, it was a very Pixar. Too. That was a weird. Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. and it was a very Pixar, Pixar kind of movie though. I'm like, th- I'm like, man, like I wanted to see some sort of more, if you want to go do fantasy, do some really crazy out there, dragon's lair sort of like, you know, go out there. But Inside Anyhow, Out might I guess be the only thing. thing that I could see would be in like a Disney parade that that kids might be. Maybe yeah, if you get yeah. the the emotions and yeah, all. I, know I think that because it's big, loud. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, so, do you have a pick? I have a pick, and first season I liked some of it. Some of that was really good. Some of all like, oh, the second season of Love, Death, Robots. I've enjoyed every single one. Really, all of these. Yes. Wow, that's good to hear. The first season yeah, was. I was, I was so tepid next. on the first one that I I still haven't tried the second season. I there was enough in the first that I liked that I might me try this one and so I'm like and then somebody said oh there's a good one in the second season I won't tell you which one it is. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, first of all, this is pretty good. It's like, oh, this is really good. This is, I'm, I've enjoyed. I'm not. I don't want to set your expectations really high, but if you're like, oh, I give, I'm going to give you 12 minutes, tell me a fun story, and some of the CGI in this is, and they use some of it. They use a mixture of like, you know, actors. Like, there's Michael B. Jordan's in one, but you're like, you're like that kind of looks like Michael B. Jordan. No, it's Michael B. Jordan, but some of it is the mocap is uh, uh, very. You know, this looks like you know PlayStation E, but you get some other ones where there's one where I'm like, there's there's a couple CGI characters in this thing that are phenomenal. Not this what we're looking at, but there's some other <laughs> ones in there. I go, oh my god, we've reached a new level of I wouldn't if this character was just in another movie, I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I really dug it, and it's funny because like there's you just saw a clip from one of the stories, and I'm like, man, this feels like a JG Ballard kind of story. I guess it's good, and then it was JG Ballard. Wrote, oh, you know, funny. and then you're based. Yeah, there's a lot of a couple of them in there. You're like, oh, this feels kind of like, uh, you know, a military conflicty kind of an how, you know, and it's like, oh, it's Harlan Ellison. So they use some pretty good uh, source material for these stories. Um, I've uh, thoroughly, like I said, I every one of them, even ones that were really out there and different, I still enjoyed for some reason. Nice, cool. So very cool. That that's uh, heartening because I know season two, the idea of a season two was really not. A big green check mark for me, but hearing hearing that you like season two uh, a good deal, I I think I'll give it another shot. Yeah, like the longest is like eight, you know we've got two that are eighteen minutes, um, and if they're that long, at least they're like the ones that are longer. Like I mean, I'll, I won't tell you what I think the weakest one, and there's like a straightforward thing, and we kind of you know, like man. But uh, I just enjoy them for the most part. There's one I've been like, yeah, some I won't fight for, 
but overall, very happy. Nice. Cool. Gentlemen, it's been weird. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.